Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my yes. fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. I am Chuck. And I am Godless. And this is That's your weekly we examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. We are getting insane this week. We have got to, we have got one of the most special guests of all time. I, I love Paul Mazurkowitz. Hell yeah, the Campbell guy, Corpse. Dude, the dude, he, I love Paul so much. He is so, such a nice guy. He talks so fucking fast. It's so great. Well, I we're mean, talking fast because we got a big episode this uh, week. we do have a big episode so but, uh, we're trying to squeeze it all in. so make sure you uh follow us on itunes or uh subscribe to us on itunes and that way you can uh, get to this podcast directly to any one of your devices or if you're on stitcher uh the and pretty much any of the podcast medium or of course metalsucks.net every monday that's uh, one way to get us and follow us on twitter i'm at beer today i'm at godless speaks so there's lots of communication device including a brand new one that we uh, just have this that we just launched butt. actually so happy uh it's a separate post right now but it's a way for you to actually Leave messages for us on the MetalSucks.net website, uh, and we can uh, use your calls on the show, which is uh, pretty pretty bitching. We, yeah. You know, we're not doing the show live. We're recording it, and then we, uh, then, we, then we play it back. So what's cool is, is now this uh, little feature, every week we're going to post it in, embedded inside the page with the podcast. You can leave us your comments, your questions, and other stuff like that, whether it's a topic starter. We got we got a bunch already got, this week. Oh, and of course, so good. I'm like, I want to use like all, <laughs> I want to use them all. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, so if you want to use those, be on the lookout. So it's going to be something you're going to, you have a microphone hooked up to your PC. If you left a message, trust us, we'll get to it eventually. We may not get to it this week, but we'll get to it as soon as we possibly can. I think we got two that we went with because they're timely of things that were going on right now. Or that we talked about just last week, so we're going to hit those. But, uh, you know, and call with insults, call with anything. I mean, all you <laughs> trolls, take, where the hell are you trolls? I can't take insults, man. Don't some, do of those that. Tro- some of the trolling that happens on our, our page is so good. It's Actually, so yeah, funny. There's, there's some good ones. So, you you know, are you guys scared? No, Come on. Don't. Hey, man, do not, don't, don't like, don't, no. <laughs> I don't want to challenge people because then we don't get any legit messages. We actually have some pretty good legit messages, and and I'm and I think we uh, we we have good conversations uh, with and about stuff that is in metal uh, with metal people, and yeah. this is another way to do that to get you guys, the guys who listen every week, to actually jump in on these things and uh, and tell us what you think, man. So, if you yeah. think our show doesn't go long enough. <laughs> call and leave messages because <laughs> man i'm telling you every one of those messages i was like oh we could we can totally talk I about know. this for like uh, ever i know this show we can go for three hours if we if we had to a, a daily show i know somebody show us the money yeah right that's that's <laughs> that's the stopgap. it's it's not about it's not about wanting or it's content not, not about no. content it's about god damn it i gotta quit my day job if i want to do this there's uh, and that's you know and we even got the places we could do it i mean i, I bet you the guys at metal socks would put us up daily you, you've got no control radio.com hey, hey, i'll tell you it's only i only make five bucks an hour so it's not that much so yeah. it's, it's all good we're, <laughs> we're we're totally gonna be fine man but we first wanted to talk about in this episode one of the most interesting things that happened this week was this story about Exodus 
and a man who posted lyrics and got arrested for posting Exodus lyrics. Oh, my God. This is one of the most interesting things that ha- has happened to metal in a long ass time. Hell yeah. And I find it sort of frightening in a weird way. Oh, it should be. Because it's, I mean, I want to say it's against this guy's first amendment rights. You know, it's his right to post whatever he wants to, for that matter. But it's also the idea of yelling fire in a crowded uh, theater. You can't, you can't incite things. You can't incite violence or anything like that against people. So there's a line that you, uh, that a legal line that you have to be careful of crossing. And that's sort of what they said this guy did. And I don't know if I agree with that or not. So the, the lyric is he posted on Facebook back in late August. Guy's name first. Let's, oh, let's give you a little the couple mo- details. Are the honorary like metal, awesome metal guy of the year award has to go to uh mr james evans uh who who got arrested for doing this this yeah. is so metal i mean he's the i mean dude that's so awesome i mean come on so the lyrics are that uh, uh he says uh, uh the lyrics are student bodies lying dead in the halls a blood splattered treaties of hate class dismissed is my hypothesis gunfire ends in debate Okay. Which I don't understand that last line, but it's all good. It's Gary Holt of our, our of Slayer. I mean, it would, gunfire sparks a debate with the, or something that, you know, would seem more natural. In it should there, be but ends the debate. Ends the debate. Not or, ends in debate. Should but that's, ends, what, that's what happens when your guitar player writes lyrics. Maybe they should arrest <laughs> Gary Holt. That's what they do for <laughs> Like, dude, well, what the hell, man? God damn, they should arrest him when they put that down there. I'll tell you what. That's, yeah. But that's from Exhibit B, the album that came out from Exodus in 2010, I want to say. Yep. Uh, and it's um, it's just lyrics. Yeah. And, and this guy apparently posts lyrics to a bunch of different bands, and that's kind of what he does. Well, he likes to post lyrics. From when me. you think of witty lyricism, <laughs> you think Exodus, right? right? I mean, that's the band you're going to post. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, no, I, th- I think he he posts band like did he exhaust from- the Leonard Cohen catalog? <laughs> <laughs> he's a he can only do so many Metallica lines, man. I mean, <laughs> totally. so many. He's a, he's he's doing the whole West Coast thrash thing right now. So yeah. he's band by band by band. I guess I don't know. He's who knows? He's a big Exodus fan. Yeah, that could be it too. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's a lyric from a song, and then of course somebody saw that lyric and took took it or put some context to it that didn't actually apply. Right. See, and that's the thing is context is important. I guess. But the thing is, is that if there is no context, you read it and you think, oh, this guy's going to come and shoot at my school. Well, think about it. I mean, if, if going back to your the, uh, fire in a theater. Yeah. If the walls are non-flammable and somebody's spraying water all over the place, if you scream fire, nobody's going to take it seriously. They'll get that it's not. A joke. That's this, that's what this guy did. He's like, I got a bunch of lyrics up. I'm going to put up this lyric too, and boom. And I got to add, Tyranny Tradition had the best idea. If you're listening to the show on Monday, uh, help all week long. Everybody should spend Just all week long. Keep posting. Post Exodus lyrics <laughs> on, on, on your Facebook right feed. On. We've okay. got to support this dude. Toxic walls over and over and over again. This is like that that, that like moment in that uh, movie with the, the Guy Fox mask where like everybody shows up with a Guy Fox mask. That's what we need to do as a community here to support honorary metal maven James Evans. I don't know. I think he's going to wind up getting this thing dismissed, and there's nothing going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. It's all going to go. You know, we whatever. already spent eight days that, in jail. See, and that's what's fucked up is that, that he actually spent eight days in jail, and it took this long to actually have something come out about it. the The one thing is, I mean, the only reason where I'm like, yeah, we don't exist, we don't live in a bubble anymore. 
you know, and that sort of thing. I could see where somebody gets scared if they read something that, that like that and doesn't have any idea who the fuck Exodus is, has no idea that this guy posts metal songs or whatever, because your feed on Facebook or Twitter or whatever goes to, I'm getting like young Jeezy shit on Twitter now. And I have no idea why I don't follow this and that and all this other stuff. So it just pops up in somebody's feed and they see that and they're like, wait a minute, what's going on? You know, and that could be kind of scary. Do you have Yeah, but is somebody who's supposed to be held guilty because you're afraid? This is the land of the free and the home of the brave. I know, dude, whatever. Did you see how many tanks were in Ferguson, I Missouri? Know, and that's I wrong mean, that, too. No, so the thing is is that it, it we're we're not there anymore. No, we're not a brave country. Is yeah. this is and, and and Gary Holt addressed this, I think, in the quote, yeah. which is good. He says, uh, "I'm going to read the whole thing if you don't mind, because it's really good." He says, "As some of us in Exodus are parents, of course, these things hit close to home. Meaning, somebody yeah. saying he's going to shoot up a school. It's every parent's worst fear. These moments are the stuff of nightmares. And life, as well as music, isn't always pretty. But when we start to overreact to things like lyrics by any band, including Exodus, and start arresting people, we are caving into paranoia and are well on our way to becoming an Orwellian." society and he's exactly right that's that's what we've got going on people yeah. are afraid of jack yeah they're afraid of the of the the stupidest things and they want to be protected from their fear not from reality but from their fear and because of that people are going to get arrested for doing important work like writing lyrics for exodus you want to see this gun i got i got it because i got it because I, I know i need to protect my family from from bad people and things and stuff you know the bigger the gun i got the more safe i'm gonna be so it's gonna no, be awesome and there's no statistic on anywhere that says that the there is a justification for any of these fears no and and that's the thing is that i think this is just another example of the the judas priest satanism uh thing that we went through in the 80s you know the it's just another incidence of something of that nature however you know this also sort of seems a little more pointed when it's talking specifically about uh, about you know causing something like that in a school like uh, you know it seems Why? a little more because the media direct. wants you to to do it did he work at a school was he the janitor i don't know did he, was he a student i don't think so i don't know he's just posting lyrics hey dude going but, to work nine but to five. if i don't know that he's posting lyrics i mean but, am but i supposed your, to know yes. the lyrics to every exodus song that's no, out there no but you're supposed to be able to understand context and not freak out over every little thing and you know i somebody was saying this i, I heard let's well, try to tell my mom about context on facebook yeah. good fucking luck with that uh, I mean. it was, it's in a, another podcast they were talking before ferguson and the and the woman was at a great point she was saying and i'll, I'll put on uh, uh my twitter feed like who said this or whatnot but she was talking about how um uh you know when something bad happens her first instinct is no longer to call the cops because the moment that you do that, you take a a, a, a molehill and you make it a mountain. Yeah. And and she she was exactly right, and that's exactly Ferguson demonstrated that in spades. Yeah. In spades, we got one guy who shoplifts cigars. Well, we and, don't even know what the story. Like, you know, that, that doesn't matter. All right. like, well, but it does matter. I even, well, but I don't it, even want to get into like that. that. Uh, yeah. All right. It's all good. But what I'm saying is that is that yeah, it escalates is, beyond our control. Uh, it all escalates. The last person you want to call is a cop. The cop is the last person you call. Think you so? Try, yeah. At this point, 
at this point, yeah, what you should do is try to figure stuff out on your own, figure stuff out with your community, and then if you have to, call the cops. They are the last resort because they will mess things up more often than they're going to fix stuff. Well, I mean, we could get into a debate about cops, but that's not very metal. (laughs) Post those lyrics on Monday. (laughs) Yeah, totally. See what happens. Let's do it. Post some body count, you know. (laughs) Let's let's go for it, dude. Yeah, I think that'll be fun. You know, know, I was thinking to myself after this all broke, like, all right, that song's got some pretty cool lyrics, but like, who's got cooler lyrics? And I, I, I kind of stopped thinking after I came up with uh, "I Saw Your Mommy" by Suicidal Tendencies, yeah. and and I was like, oh, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. So move on. And that's even that's a great song, though. I love oh, playing that so song. Good. So good. I actually had somebody. Oh, that's not very nice. I'm like, no shit, it's not nice. Because uh, it was funny when that popped in my head. I was like, God damn it, why do they have to re-record that song? And I wonder if the old albums are still in print. And it was, what's that Frontier <laughs> Records? Is it Worm, it, Wormhole? Total Wormhole. Did. Yeah, it was it was awful. And I never got back around to like worse lyrics than Lexus. well i don't know I, I sort of take i sort of see the side of uh, of the parents and the and the establishment i sort of see the side of that so uh, but at the same time the guys this is just totally wrong it's, I totally, mean, it's wrong. totally fucking wrong I, I don't know why they they even bother with it and out of all things in the world that just seems to be such a weird waste of time and waste of energy and waste of money our taxpayer dollars and all that it just seems so weird who would have thought that a bunch of old dudes wearing powdered wigs hundreds of years ago would have been smart enough to have known that we needed freedom of speech just because of something like facebook just you know what i mean <laughs> right who would have thought it? totally i mean it's, it's yeah it has to ask it's, it's totally awesome uh, what <laughs> i don't understand what you're saying right now man. i'm just saying that like those those original you know the first amendment the second amendment the third amendment thomas jefferson had had good ideas on all that stuff for reasons there were principles True. involved and 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 you got to protect people's right to speak for just this kind of reason and one of the reasons is because unlike 30 years ago when when people were freaking out about metal and rock and roll because oh no our kids might commit suicide that Biting was their heads take off bats, they're, can't they're, have yeah, them these can't have them hearing Satanism. bad words yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah now it's all about the fear it's yeah. all about yeah. fear yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know what if you're a band writing lyrics you better figure out a way to really freak people out because well, you know what? Thing is that we're, we're, we're not talking about an Exodus song that came out in 1984. We're talking about right. an Exodus song that came out in 2010. Exactly. So it's not something that is, oh shit, this is so old. I can't believe it. You know, this is something that's fairly new. This is Exhibit B. So it just, it's, yeah, I don't know. The it's where we're, where we're at right now is just we're a bunch of pussies, and, and it's it's getting yeah. old. It really is. It's getting old. You gotta get everybody's got to get thicker skin and understand that Absolutely. you know. Unless there's somebody there with a gun, then you don't need to call the cops on him. It, it's everything from like uh, cops setting up so that you cannot say no to a. a, a uh, you know, a, a alcohol test because everybody's afraid yeah, of a drunk yeah. driver. Checkpoints. Checkpoints. Yeah, all it's that the, stuff. It's the free, freedom, freedom of speech zones that you have in front of the courthouse exactly. instead of being able to pick it in front of a courthouse. It's all that crap yep. that we, we've just accepted. And nobody's singing about it anymore. Yeah, actually, yeah, you know, I know. I it's know. getting worse and worse and nobody's putting that on the lyric sheet. Yeah, let's talk to Barney uh, from Napalm Death. We, we need them to scream about to some Barney. more. Yeah, so, Next yeah. month, right? Yeah, we gotta get them to scream about some other stuff, so yeah. 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 Somebody. And I mean, make people afraid, but you know what? Let's sing about what's going on today. I'm not saying everybody needs to be Jello Biafra circa 2015, but we need some Jello Biafras right now. Hmm. 
We have a Jello Biafra. What are you talking about? Who? He's still around. I know, but nobody listens to him because he's an old, you know. No, he's well. He's a little old. I got all the respect in the world for Jello Biafra. I'm saying, but nobody's listening to him right now. Yeah. I, we need I people know. who are twenty something who see this firsthand and got a new perspective on it, and they can. <sighs> well, and it's weird because it's so funny because our guest, our guest this week is Paul Mazurkowitz from Cannibal Corpse, and it was funny we were talking about it before we got recording about how this all kind of relates together on this show because of the First Amendment rights and and Cannibal Corpse and what they went through as far as the art is concerned, and then you know shit like meat hook sodomy and fucked with a knife and you know these crazy song song lyrics and song titles that were totally taken out of context and we're not there is no perspective put into it and everybody's like oh my god this is the scariest yep. thing ever and mom germany won't let them perform some of the songs. australia wouldn't uh you know wouldn't let release albums yep. i mean there's like all this controversy surrounding all these third yeah. world nations like australia and germany <laughs> with these backwards laws yeah, i tell you what man it's crazy but it's it's all kind of tied together absolutely and it's just a i don't know it's really interesting man so our guest this week on the metal sucks podcast how about we get into that that way Paul Mazurkowitz from Cannibal Corpse. Hey, what's going on, Paul? How you doing? It's uh, Chuck and Godless from the Metal Sucks Podcast, man. Cool, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How's things? Not too bad, you know. <laughs> running the gauntlet today all the interviews uh, yeah, just first one man we've been just finishing band practice you know for the last few hours and now running and kind of rolling the day like every other day so. you guys still practice like on a regular regular basis we pretty much have to otherwise we will not be up to form and we have all these new songs that we have to work into the set yet because we just did the Mayhem Festival and of course us only doing eight songs a, a night that was uh, you know <laughs> Very minimal um, in comparison to our headlining set. And then the album, of course, now that it's coming out, we got to get all those new songs together. Yeah. So basically, as soon as Mayhem ended, we didn't have much time to just sit around and kind of like do nothing. It was kind of like, all right, now we got to get back to work and prepare for all these tours coming up. So, you know, we're, uh, and we leave Saturday already for uh, Japan, Australia. So we're, we've been uh, busting our butts here for the last couple of weeks every day. So. So on a short set like that, do you do you get to vary up your set at all, or do you stay stick to the same eight songs? Like bam, knock them out. Well, we knocked them out. We didn't we didn't do anything different. There was no point in changing anything up at that point. We just hit them with you know with eight solid songs that we felt that uh, you know uh, just kind of represented Cannibal Corpse for for only eight songs. But you know you don't have much time at all, and uh, you know we have uh, of course so many of songs to play or that we could play but yeah. yeah we just hit them with the same eight on mayhem every night and that's what they got so. yeah that's a that's a tough pick i'm like i'm trying to think of eight songs that cannibal corpse yeah. would play uh, <laughs> and i'm like damn i i can think of about 20 yeah well that's what i'm saying and, and our our headlining set consists of about 20 so yeah. like i said now that we didn't mess around with any of those new songs at all uh, during mayhem so now yeah well we got to Got to get up to speed on all the songs that we, uh, you know, were kind of out of our memory for a little bit or out of out of mind, I guess. I read something about you said with the new producer, you had changed up a little bit about what you were doing drumming. Has that changed the way that you perform live? Uh, no, not really. I mean, you know, I, I obviously uh, I try to just be consistent and get to the point where I feel I need to get with my drumming. And if you would have, 
I mean, the big thing with the drumming thing for the record, and I, I, know, I don't know if, 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 if this is what you're talking about. It was about, the heavier yeah, Mark, stick thing, yeah. Right, there you go. That's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, Mark mentioned that when I, you know, and, and I did, did do the stick thing right at, you know, when we started recording. So as soon as I was done then recording my tracks, as soon as I went back to practice, oh, yeah, I immediately went to those heavier sticks. So then it was now it's a matter of, okay, well, getting my body accustomed to these, you know, these heavier sticks and playing my ass off and practicing more, you know, and, you know, because now I'm, yeah, having to adjust again. So so I'm pretty, pretty much pretty adjusted to the sticks now and all that, getting the Mayhem Tour under our belt and, and all that kind of thing. But, yeah, I'm, I'm still using them, and I think it definitely helped me out a big time. What I thought was my favorite part of that, actually, was the, was the idea that, okay, if this was 20-year-old you, what would you have said to that dude if he told you to switch something up? You know, it would have been a completely different story, right? Oh, totally. I mean, maybe even ten years ago, maybe you know. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, I, I'm I'm not that guy. You know, I I mean, you tell me to move one little thing, you know, and I mean, he, and there was another thing. He actually had to move a couple of symbols up a little higher, and it was just you know out of my comfort zone where you're going, man. You're just making it more difficult all around for me, aren't you, Mark? You know, but but I, I looked at it as a challenge. And as something that I knew would, would, you know, I can't be stubborn on this and be ignorant and be just going, oh, I'm set in my ways and I'm only going to do it my way, you know. I mean, I, and I would have done that exactly 20 years ago. But, yeah, now nowadays I'm much more opening, uh, open to uh, suggestion and all that kind of stuff, which is, uh, which is what I sh- probably should have been my whole life. But, you know. <laughs> well, it's, At it's, least I got this part. It's funny, like, re-listening to Eaten Back to Life and Butchered at Birth and, you know, the early albums, it, it, now it's only, it almost sounds like you almost needed to be buckled down into that seat because you're, you're, you're just flying. You're so right. fast. And, I mean, and, and then I was surprised to read in the book that you hadn't been playing for all that long when you guys uh, uh, started right. up Cannibal. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing. The whole thing where I obviously started so late in life, I guess, and that I didn't take lessons, you know. So I'm just this primal kind of like energy. That's all I am, you know. I mean, and that's our that's how our attitude was in the beginning days. It was definitely a, a you know slight punk rock attitude, you know. It the adrenaline and just the the whole feel and the crowd and all that kind of thing that just took over everything. You know, you weren't concerned about being the tightest band in the world. You know, it didn't matter to us. You know, it was just about about living in the moment and writing that song and just and been playing just out of passion and not out of any other way you know and i've changed of course over the years but exactly when i look when i listen back myself and i go wow you know how how far i've come as a drummer and how different my you know way of looking at things were or what have you or the way i did things and the way i went about things but exactly i, I back then it was just like man i, I yeah, I needed to be strapped in because who knows what would have happened, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, like, listening to, like, Covered with Sores, I'm listening to that, like, open riff, and if you were to take the guitar out, it's a relatively, like, like slow, motorheady kind of riff, but with your drums underneath, it's like you heard that slow riff, and you're like, bam, 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 underneath it anyway, you know? Right, right, Was right. that, like, I mean, did they look at you funny when you started, like, doing a... Because I can just picture them writing a riff and having a... A speed in their head that didn't match what right. you were coming up with. Uh, well, that's a tough one to answer, especially this far back. You know, we're talking, but you know what? I, I when I do think of all how we writ, wrote songs and everything we've gone through, there was never any problem or any you know, hey man, you're doing that wrong or we're doing this different. Or, Let's try something different. There was none of that. It was like here's the song. 
I mean, Carpet of Swords was probably written in a couple of days, and, it, and, and we didn't even think about it, you know? And it was just one of the, this is the song. Oh, okay, that's what I'm doing next. Oh, okay, that's what you're doing. Okay, there you go. Here we go. We're done, you know? I mean, it was, that's how the songs were written. And I can never remember really hardly any instances of, of exactly there being the wrong beat or there being the wrong, you know, kind of tempo we were feeling or just, you know, I don't remember any of that. So, so yeah, I mean, maybe somebody else remembers something a little bit different, but I just remember that as being that was very natural to all of us, the way it all came together. In retrospect, it it's right. I mean, it's the right beat. It's But I can just imagine, like, in the early days of Cannibal, where the Cannibal sound still hasn't... You guys are the only one who know what right. the Cannibal sound is, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> it's well, out of left it, we field. Still evolving. Yeah, we were still evolving at that point, and I think there was no right or wrong. That was the whole thing. I mean, especially with Death Model back then and our band, like you said, I wasn't sitting back there going, oh, well, no, that, yeah, guys, that's wrong, or, or a guitar player saying to me, well, that's not in time, or not, not that's not in time, but that, that's just not, you know, professionally sound, or, you know, that's not proper, you know, well, there was none of that, there was no proper, it's Death Model, we're making, we're making music that we want to hear that has no right or wrong, and as long as the five of us are happy, then that's all that mattered to us, you know. So I think we were just exactly, we, of course, back then, were really just trying to find our, our sound, I guess, you know. We're such a new band, you know, when we were formed, we're thrown right into the whole thing of, you know, recording a record, we're finishing songs to get done to, to record our first record. I mean, I, you know, I do look back and go, you know, what if Cannibal, would, what if we didn't put out our first album until, say, 90, I don't know, 92, 93, 94? I mean, most of these songs wouldn't even exist probably because we would have just, you know, we would have started scrapping them as we went because we would have thought they weren't that good anymore. Oh, well, this song's better. That one can go, you know. Well, that's why you got everything we ever done in our whole career because it was, I think we only had two throwaways, which ended up still being on our uh, 15-year killing spree box set. You know, the first two songs that we ever played live, that, that was the only two songs that we ever kind of like just threw away completely that never seen the light of day other than that box set. So, uh, so yeah, it's kind of interesting, you know, how our band has gone in that way and how we developed over years. But, uh, but yeah, we were still, I really don't think we found our sound and our, our, our uh, you know, modern sound until about the bleeding, you know, so. Do you still feel like you write that way? I mean, do you still feel like it's sort of on that, on that, on the edge like, like that, or is it, grown up as it matured as you guys have I, I think it's more matured i mean it depends on how the song's written i mean because a lot of our writing of course has changed where everyone's in their own you know house or whatever writing their songs you know it's not like we're doing it the old old way where all right we come to the room who's got riffs all right, all right well, let's make a song you know i mean where a lot of it of course was way more spontaneous and, and just kind of write you know uh, right off the bat there you go we're, we're just creating now it's hard to have that unless you are going to create that way, you know. So there, it happens very rarely nowadays where, you know, we might just get a, like a, you know, wow, okay, cool, hey, let's write a song real quick, you know, and then you, you got a quick two-minute song, which we've done in, the, in recent year. But, yeah, I would say it's, it, it's not that way anymore, you know, where you already got more controlled ideas kind of going on unless something really changes in the whole way of, uh, you know, the way we're coming about, you know, writing the song. Well, here's one uh, prime example, actually, um, on the new record, uh, on High Velocity Impact Spatter. It's the first song on the new record. Um, <laughs> that, that, that first, the beat, when I kick in with that fast beat, that's more of kind of like a hyper skank or even like a slower one-foot blast, which is something I never do, you know. But we were toying around with these certain tempos, and I just, I ended up doing that, 
when we were writing that song, and Pat was like, hey, dude, you got to do that. Yeah, that's it. That's the beat. You, I can't, we got to do that, you know? So, so we worked on it, and we got that beat in there. But yeah, that was exciting, and it definitely made it more of a primal, kind of like an old school. It had more of an old school vibe because of throwing that beat in there, and it just kind of coming out of nowhere, you know? It wasn't like he told me to do that. It just, I ended up doing it, and we were both excited, and there you go, it came together. So, so in, in a way, that was kind of as old school as we can get in, in, in maybe most of the, you know, the new writing sessions or especially for the new record. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a different ballgame these days. So a lot of things are done differently. Paul, is, I mean, more than anybody else in the band, you're, you're not the musician as much as, well, I mean, you are the musician as much as they are, but you're the athlete in the band. I mean, you're running a marathon every night on tour. How, I mean, it's sort of like, you know. How do you do it? it is, how do you do it? But also, like, how are you going to be able to keep on doing it? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one, you know. I mean, I luckily, I think, um, you know, for me personally, I've always been physical. You know, it's just my nature, I guess, you know, wanting to be active, and I always have been. And so I guess I got that going for me, at least that kind of natural, you know, just kind of energy, I guess, so to say, you know. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it really just comes down to this point. Obviously, none of us probably ever thought when we started this band that we'd be in our mid-40s, you know, 25 years later, still doing this, you know, and still doing it well and, you know, arguably, you know, better than ever, you know. So obviously that's a good sign when we can go, hey, you know, yeah, I'll be 46 next week already, you know, and here I am still, you know, feeling like I'm playing better than I ever have and, you know, whatever. But uh, exactly. It's a matter of how long can I go? How, how long can I do this? You know, I don't know. You know, all I can do is do the best I can to maintain myself and you never know, you know, I mean, there's no example at this point. I mean, even, you know, look at the, even the, you know, the bands that we really grew up with that are our heroes like Metallica. Well, they're still not that old yet. You know, they're old, but they're, you know, I mean, we got to wait to see these bands get into their seventies and stuff and see what they're doing and see, you know, is there going to be a guy out there blasting when he's 75 years old? You know, we don't know yet, you know, because we, we haven't got there, you know, so, uh, so I think we, all we can do is take it day by day and whatever happens. I mean, if we can go on another 25 years, great. If we go on another five years, awesome. If it happens, if it lasts another five days, I mean, it is what it is. And at least, you know, you did something you loved and you took it as far as you could and all that. That's all you can kind of, it's all you can do, you know. So, so yeah, I think as, as long as I can just maintain and stay healthy and all those kind of things, then, you know, I, I, there's a good possibility, you know, I can be playing for, for many more years, so. I want to see what Cannibal Corpse looks like when they're seventy-five years old. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to see yeah. what that how, hold how you that to shapes it, up. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully that everyone will know that. I guess it's just going to take some time, but you know, I guess <laughs> at one point we, you know, we will get there. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. Well, you know, when when you get bands like Black Sabbath that are benching Bill Ward and uh, uh, like what you say, we don't really have that example in front of us. Right. Do you think right. a lot of that has to do with practicing? as well as touring and staying on that schedule and keep playing and always doing Eating it, right. you know, exercising. Right. I mean, not just like running or anything, but, right. but physically playing the shows as much as you guys do. Do you think that has a lot to do with it? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I, you know, we talk about it every day. You know, like we just got back from this break, of course. We only had like about three weeks off. You know, we were out all summer, of course. You know, you want to take a little time off. So everybody takes a little time and, you know, you start heading back. But like, you know, like Pat was just talking about it. Like, man, I just, you know got to get back into it, got to get motivated, you know, haven't played in a couple of days, you know, and then you, and then you feel the rust kind of building a little bit and then you go, you know, and then it's that much harder to kind of get back into it, you know? So I, I, I mean, 
it's it's very strange and very very weird how we went in our you know this whole twenty five years or thirty years. I mean, you know, if we're talking just we started playing drums and everything. Where, yeah, I, I've been doing it as much as I can. There's been no times. Oh yeah, I, do, I, I took two years off. You know, I didn't do anything. Sat around. You know, I didn't play drums. Didn't do nothing. You know, well, of course you're gonna you're gonna end up being a blob. You're gonna it's, that, good things aren't gonna come of that. You know, bad things are. And the older you get, the worse it gets. So. For me and for us, we've always been active. We've always been doing, you know, playing and with very minimal breaks, you know, throughout our whole career. So, so yeah, I don't like taking a couple of weeks off and then having to get back into it to feel like I'm just, you know, I've gone backwards and everything. The only way for me to stay on top of that is by exactly just by being physical every day, by playing as much as I can, by trying to eat better, trying to get good sleep, all that kind of stuff, you know. But I do believe that if I was not active this whole time and, and was playing, and you know, and and just you know, doing the physical things that I you know I'd probably be a different person, and I'm sure it would affect my it would affect my drumming. I'm, I, I I can I feel that yes. It seems like being active and being persistent as a band's a hell of a lot easier when it's five single guys. But when you got, I mean, you guys are all hitched and families breeding, too. and yeah. yeah, I mean, now you got people nagging at you. No, <laughs> I know it's it's tough. I mean, that was you know, to me, I actually I look at that as being one one less thing or one more thing to kind of keep me on my toes you know when you got a child to take care of and you got a family or whatever and you got animals or what have you like i do well then i can't be just sitting around i can't just go home and i'm going to go do nothing now no i got animals to take care of i got a daughter to take care of and stuff like that and that keeps me active as well you know and it keeps me on my toes and i think that's I, I like that, you know, because I don't want, I, I want to have things to do. I don't want to have to just go home and, and then be bored and try to find something to do. It's like, no, I know I have things to, that I have to get done. And I think even though they're obviously very, you know, completely banned, unbanned, uh, you know, not band related, it still helps me just, you know, mentally and, you know, just being active, going, you know, if I got to do something around the house or like I said, I have to play with my daughter, well, then that's just, you know, that's just a, a good thing for me then, you know, so I, 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 I look at that as a positive. Have you changed any of that work-life balance over the years? Uh, because, I mean, a lot of bands that we've talked to, you know, as they as they get bigger, as they they get on, you know, they're like, I, I got to take more time off uh, on the, from the road. I got to have six weeks off instead Until of three weeks. Until college comes around. I got to have, you know, or right. they, they take a little bit more time trying to work that balance out. But it seems like you guys are just still touring as relentless as you always have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we, we know we're, we're, you know, we're not over. We're not done yet. I mean, things may slow down eventually. It's just, it's, that's just inevitable, I think, you know, where we don't, we, we, you know, we can't be out there killing ourselves, you know, to where we get home from a tour and go, well, this isn't good for the future. It's not good for the next tour. It's not good for our sanity, all that kind of stuff. So we, we do try to balance. I mean, we were just home a whole year from July till basically mayhem which is unheard of, but that, of course, we were writing the new record and recording, you know, but we were home a whole year, you know, and that's usually never happens. So, of course, now we know, you know, we balance it that way. You know, there's going to be times we're home for quite often, writing, all that recording, and then we're going to be on our touring cycle. And the touring cycle, well, if we're going to, you know, if the, if the demand is there and, you know, this is our job, then let's go out there and, and make the money and, you know, and satisfy everybody and do the right thing. Um, because, yeah, another thing, that, like I was just saying about the longevity, you know, what happens and, you know, we, we can't do this next year. Something happens, somebody's sick or, or you just never know, you know, you, you, you got to just do things while you can, while you're young, I think. So there's time to rest and time to relax later. I, it's a tough call for me, of course, because, yes, I would love to be home more, 
to be with my daughter and my wife, you know, but at the same time, I know that this is, you know, I'm making this where we make my money and, you know, you just got to balance it out, you know, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it would be tough if we were these kind of bands, though. We do tour a lot, and we do tour relentlessly, but we're still not some of these bands that you hear going, man, I've been, I've been on the road for eight months, solid, you know, and I have not been home. We have never done that. We have never been not home more than, like, a, you know, two months is usually, like, the longest that we've ever technically been away, you know, for one chunk of a tour, you know. So we feel that that balances it out. Even if we're gone for two months, hey, we came home for a couple of weeks. That's it's a good recharger, you know, and then and even if you go back out for another month or so after that, you know. So, so I think the fact that we've never got to that point, like I said, of just being, oh, yeah, on the road for a whole year solid, not seeing home, that would be tough. I don't know if anyone of us can handle that, so. Yeah. Well, did, did, when you guys took that year off, was that decided ahead of time? And did was there ever a time where like one guy calls up and goes, "Look, I got two kids in daycare, and my money's starting <laughs> to dry up. What do you think, right. guys? You know, that's where. They, how do you guys balance that? Yeah, we got to kind of figure out uh, schedules. Of course, with five guys and everybody's different. Like the whole thing was, we could have probably toured a little bit longer for torture, um, but we actually cut it off when we did in July there. Uh, due in part, though, Alex needed minor uh, minor knee surgery, actually. Right. He had a little thing going on in there where I know he had a torn meniscus or something. And every now and then it would just kind of, out of nowhere, it would bother him to the point of, like, he couldn't even stand on it, you know. And it happened when we played the Fun, Fun, Fun Fest a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. I believe, yeah, when we played that fun in Austin there, um, where t- t- ten minutes before we were going on stage, that happened. I mean, he, he was fine for, for months, and all of a sudden, his leg gave out. And he had to, you're kidding me, he had to, like, prop himself up on stage just to try to be able to play, you know. And then he was like, okay, this is ridiculous. i got to get this sorted out, because this could happen at any given time right now, you know. So he was really worried that it was going to happen at some point. So he said, you know what, let's just, and it was minor. Obviously, he went through a quick, quick rehab, you know, scoped him out and all that. But, you know, we had to make a... You know, we had to make a conscious effort if he wanted to get it done. We couldn't be like, you know, we weren't sure on his rehab. Is he going to be? Is he going to be uh, two weeks or is he going to be out six weeks? Who knows? You know, so we didn't want to have something booked and him not be ready. So we just felt like, all right, let's just cut it off. You have your little surgery there. You know, you're, you're but when you're done, you're, you're there. You go. You're ready to go. We got nothing happening. You know, and then we're going to start writing the new record. You know, so yeah, you got to kind of plan a little bit in advance, of course. You know, knowing what the schedule is going to be. But yeah, we we knew we were going to cut it off then, and then that we were just going to basically start writing the new material. And you know, we already had our time frame of you know kind of tentatively when we wanted to get into record. So. So, yeah, it's the only way it's going to work with everybody just to be able to be on the same page, you know. And it sounds like you guys are incredibly in tune with each other. Like, I mean, as far as as communicating with each other, I mean, with all the band breakups and all this other stuff it sounds like you guys have got this thing keyed in now. And and yet, reading the book, you all have incredibly different personalities. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think we're as keyed in as we can be. I mean, because I... I think there's always room for improvement for communication and stuff. I mean, you know, you, you, yeah, when you're dealing with five guys, it's, you know, you're married to four other guys. You know? Yeah. And exactly, you know, and everybody's different. So everyone's got their own personality and everyone's got their own quirks and all the usual stuff that you just got to, you know, you got to live with, you got to deal with, you know. And there's no, you know, we, we still have our uh, plenty of, you know, disagreements and all that kind of stuff and things that need to get sorted out. That, uh, but, you know, yeah, yeah, for the most part, I think we're, you know, we're, we're fairly communication, you know, uh, 
uh, we're, uh, open uh, where everybody communicates fairly well, I guess. So, uh, you know, but uh, but you know, like you said, you have to. You, otherwise, things just you know, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't have any of the communication. So. You guys, you even seem like nice about ex members of the book. That was the only disappointment in the whole thing. Right? <laughs> I, 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 what, what, I mean, is that did you get rid of the not nice guys? Well, the only one that we ever had a problem with was, I mean, you know, when we we kicked out Russe back in the you know in the in the early days, our original guitar player. And, and we and, and it was strictly you know and it was one hundred percent strictly a, a, a playing thing. I mean, we had some issues with them personally, but but those you know anything personal with anybody like we were just talking about, no one's going to be on a hundred percent you know like happy with everybody always. You know, I mean, you just got to deal with certain things with certain people. You know, but it all comes down to playing ability and and what's better for the band in that way. You know, and Russo unfortunately was the guy that it just wasn't going to happen you know, with his playing and, and, you know, we didn't hate him or anything, but you know, it was just, you know, so it wasn't like we're kicking him out and, and F off, you know, it was like, man, we felt bad about it, you know? And then Jack quit, you know, so, the, and, and we never had a, you know, none of us had a personal problem with Jack ever really, you know, he's a great guy, nice guy. I mean, you know, never had an argument with that guy once, you know, I mean, he's that kind of a guy. So I, I don't None of us have a problem with Jack. Uh, obviously the, the problem, you know, our ex singer, that was the one that we actually did have some internal things going on that, you know, we, you know, we still didn't really though want to sit there and bash everybody though. I mean, you know, I mean, we we're we're just happy guys. We're, we're happy the success of the band. We felt, you know, I mean, obviously everyone had their, their, uh, you know, um, I, I, you know, helping out with the success of the band that's been in the band. So, you know, we're not going to sit around and bash anybody kind of thing. We'll tell the stories as is, but I think we're just all done with it and too old at this point, just to even, you know, whatever, care about any of that kind of stuff. So, you know, we didn't want to, so we don't want to drag anybody under the bus or just start, you know, making some negative kind of thing. We just wanted to talk more of more of the positives and more of the cool stories. Even though my co-host likes the controversy, I find that to be refreshing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, yeah, controversy. People want the dirt. They want the, you know, I mean, that's going to sell, right? You know, <laughs> that was the thing with with us. It's like, man, we're you know, we don't really have a lot of that. You know, we don't have much dirt. We never really hit rock bottom or any of those kind of things. So I don't, you know, it it, it may not be a complete exciting read, you know, because we just, you know, we're not. Motley crew or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, but dude, you got stabbed with a key. There we go. See? I mean, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I'll never forget that story. That's the one I bring up constantly, obviously, because how can I forget that, you know? But I know, geez. When I tweeted at, because I realized that Butcher to Birth, which I, I, I got to tell you, like when Butcher to Birth came out, I followed you guys around like you were the Grateful Dead. I think I saw six or seven shows on. Uh, right after that album came out, Detroit, Cleveland, Chicago, Milwaukee, I just tra- right. traveled everywhere. And right. I still think that that's like the number five or number six greatest metal album of all time. And it's coming up on like a an anniversary. It's coming up, I guess, uh, you know. Is, is it 25 yeah. years, yeah, 25, I think? 25, yeah. 25 yeah, coming up and... Yeah, I guess it would be, because it came out, what, 91, I guess it came out, and butchered? Yeah, I yeah. think so. So, you know, any thoughts about what you guys might want to do to celebrate such a momentous album uh, yeah that's a tough one because you know i mean everyone talks about the bleeding because obviously they're wrong well, butcher to well, birth really <laughs> well there you go <laughs> well see all wrong. right do it right for butcher to birth and then a t- couple years later you do it right for the bleeding you know and in the meantime you write another awesome album well we can try that but yeah we never thought of anything you know it's weird when we think of the early albums especially the first three like i said we uh, we you know 
we we're very proud of all the records, and we feel obviously they have a place in in time for us, and you know that's what we did, and that's you know, and we're proud of all of them, you know. But I do think we we all believe, like I was saying earlier about the bleeding being, you know, that kind of time where we felt that you know, all right, now we're you know we're kind of being where we want to be. But uh, yeah, it's weird. We look back at those three albums as just being that stepping stone to be you know to where we need to be. So yeah, I don't know if we would ever really do anything in particular, you know, with uh, any more songs or anything. We never thought about it, never talked about it. You know, I mean, I guess we can't say never, but, uh, but yeah, it's weird when, when we look at even the songs that are, you know, yeah, every album we put out, you know, well, some songs have to end up not making the set list and all that kind of thing. And, you know, so what, what are the songs, you know, what are the albums that unfortunately kind of lose out? Usually they're, you know, the earlier albums, I guess that, you know, maybe only get one song from that album, one song out of that album. So other than for two of the mutilated, I don't know why two of the mutilated, we seem to, uh, we seem to still kind of delve into a little bit more heavily, but, uh, but yeah, who knows? We'll 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 talk about it. I, I I unfortunately doubt anything majorly spectacular will be happening for uh, for the 25th anniversary of uh, of uh, of Butchered. But you you never know. Well, perhaps uh, you know. I see a lot of bands doing the touring an album. Maiden are doing it. You know that sort of thing. Maybe something like that. Just a, a string of dates. You make sure you add Texas onto the list. And <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Hey, you never know. You never know. It would throw a lot of people off guard. It would be something very ballsy if you did. We did butchered at birth in its entirety at this point. It's like, whoa, people would, you know, it would be, it'd be a big deal. It would sure, be a know. big deal. Yes, but it I, would. But I wonder how many people would actually know, you know what I'm saying? Well, you've like, got to tell them. You well, know, we'd have to tell them. But unfortunately, it'd probably be, you know, a lot of older guys like yourself. We got more money than the young ones. <laughs> we got more money and more disposable income. Well, 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 what makes you say we're old? Uh, what, do, what do you mean? <laughs> well, well, hey, you know, I mean, not, guys, it might not be that old, but hey, if you're you know if you're trucking around when we're playing butcher and birth, I would think <laughs> right. But Paul, exactly, Paul, you got to think about it. Not only do we have more disposable income, we also, when you sell that child price ticket, have got a few other kids we can bring along with us too. I mean, <laughs> there you go, three gotta, for one, and you we got to buy. I got to buy my ten year old a t shirt too. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. 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 Hey, hey, well, you never know. We might have something on our hands here. We'll let you guys know. <laughs> Are maybe, you guys maybe the butchered at birth, uh, butchered at birth Texas tour? Because we know yeah. we know how we know how great Texas is for us, of course. So you know, oh. I don't think we can go wrong down in Texas. That's for sure. Are you guys doing uh, seventy thousand tons of metal cruise this year? Yes. Well, technically next year, I guess. But okay. Yeah, yeah, we're doing the next one. Yes. Well, perhaps uh, you and I can sit down with the rest of the guys. We can draft a plan for putting this together. <laughs> Uh, I guess you'll be there. Well, hopefully, we'll right. pitch it to Brian Slagle. He'll. Uh, we'll, I'll make sure that he gives twice as much tour support as he's ever given before. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it then. There you go. That'll be our plan. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come up with the but- butchered at birth meetings on the boat. <laughs> well, the new album, thirteenth uh, album, a skeletal domain, comes out on September sixteenth. Man, and I'm really looking Can't forward wait. to it, man. I mean, so far what I've heard has been incredible. So cool, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Guys. So have a have a great tour. Uh, in Australia and Japan, man. All right. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it, man. Great, great talking.
Sucks podcast today.
first off, if there's one thing that I love about that band, it's uh, it, it's the dude's beard. <laughs> His beard is so awesome, dude. Oh my god, it's uh, it's uh, we we actually had some beard love the first time I get to see that band play live. Uh, it was at the Texas Independence Fest, I think, was yeah. where we, we figured it out. I it, think so. It was Behemoth and all that, and uh, they were one of the openers and had no no fucking clue who this band was. They were great. And they blew me away. I but, was like, wow, was I was really weird. impressed. Even in that song. It's oh, like, first off, Black oh, Crown Initiate is oh, the name of the band. Yes. So, uh, yeah, yeah, and the name of the song, do you uh, know? Great, mis- great Mistake is great the name mistake. of the song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was like, it was like, there would be like, those guys have got so many different genres that they're trying to attack. Yeah. And sometimes all at the same time, and sometimes it it there there are misses. There definitely are misses, and I, I but I loved that song, and I loved like like sixty five percent of their set. I thought was like mind blowingly great, and then the other thirty five was like yeah. But now you're covering genres that I'm not interested. In. Well, and they they remind me a bit of uh, of bands like Opeth, where they kind of take journeys. Yes, you exactly. know where where they got but that death metal thing, and then they sing and uh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I really do. I enjoy that quite a bit. Black Crown Initiate on the Metal Sucks podcast. So yeah, props. Let's see. The second half, we wanted to try out our new feature. Yeah? Yeah? Our, oh, yeah. our new feature here? Uh, We're so are, excited. Are, are we going to do this? Is it obvious? Are we really going to do this? Yeah, everybody, okay. like, give us your comments and questions and stuff on the, the thing. <laughs> so basically how yeah, this yeah. is going to work is is if you uh, go to the post, uh, if you look on the page with the with the podcast every week, there's going to be a link there to leave messages. So if you got a microphone hooked up to your computer or if you're on your if you're listening on your mobile device or whatever, uh, you'd probably be able to link up to it there and leave us a message that uh, may be a conversation starter, may be uh, telling us we're assholes. You might uh, have some advice for us or whatever you want to leave. Leave you're interested in all of it. Just make sure you leave your name. Let, you know, tell us who you are, where you're from, and boom, and and that and done and done hell yeah and uh and if we like it we'll put it and, and put it up and we've got a bunch already so we can't get to them all yeah so we're just gonna keep going through them as we go and, and see what we think but one of our one of our friends the on twitter we'll eventually get to them all though yeah i think so eventually we'll play them yeah so uh one of our friends on on the twitter box left us a message because we wanted to get as many accents as we possibly could <laughs> hey guys seb here from uh, boulevard brutal I just want to know what you guys think about the uh, Blake Judd and uh, Century Media story. Thanks. Ah, oh, so sad. Which is exactly one of the things that came up this week. I mean, this week has been a crazy week for news, man, and man, that was one of them. Totally a top story. If that and the Divine Heresy story would be a top story in <laughs> any right? other week. I know, I know. Oh. Uh, the Blake Judd Century Media thing. I actually think that it's a, a very good thing that Century Media is is coming out and, and, and fulfilling all those orders. I think I, I think from a an addict perspective, it's not a good thing for Blake Judd, but it's a great thing for fans. You know, because the, he needs to be punished, and part of that punishment should be a bunch of fans like you know finding you know taking all his stuff. Oh, but dude, or something you know? Yeah, but but I mean. He's already pooped on his fans. I mean, if you're buying stuff directly from Blake Judd, I know, at this point, I know. Yeah, that's that's sort of your mistake. You, yeah, you, you've kind of fucked up. Yeah, but at the same time, the record label making it right, I think, is a good thing. It's a very good thing. I think it's good for everybody because the the punishment for Blake Judd is that he's a former recording artist for Century Media. But the problem you have is is that you're still buying shit from Knock Mistium after you've gotten fucked over by the one dude that's in the band. So. Uh, you might like yeah, don't do that you might want to rethink that yeah new I, record's good but I, I feel bad somebody if you're a documentary filmmaker get to blake judd now that's actually the bad thing is a new record is really good it's really good <laughs> it's like, 
you fuck, son of a bitch. <laughs> Why are you going to make good music, you fucking bastard? I think it's great that Central Media is doing it, but I want to make sure that everybody is clear that these guys are going into pocket for this. Yeah, totally. They, I mean, nobody's getting screwed over more than Century Media. Yeah. Because they've got a new album that they want to push. They want to have an, a band on tour to support or at least, you know, playing some shows, getting some attention, and they can't do that. Yeah. They're and not, they invested in that album. And then yeah, because they're not going to send Blake Judd a whole box of CDs. No. And hope that's going to get sold and, yeah. and make that happen. Right. So, and, yeah. and, and, and then beyond that, they're going into pocket to send everybody their stuff. Stuff that's already been paid for that they didn't, that did, the money didn't go to the label. <laughs> didn't go to them. So, yeah, it's actually, and that's why I think it's a good thing that they're doing it. But I, all, I mean, it's a good PR move for sure. Yeah. It's a really piss poor business move, but. It's probably a good business move. No, in the it's end. good in the in the in the long run. It'll be yeah, good yeah, yeah. because you know what it, you know if you goodwill fa- amongst people amongst yes. fans that are dedicated to metal is it goes on forever. If really you've had does. your eyes on something on Century Media for a while and you you know what this is a good reason to to now pick up that purchase. So thank you, Seb, for your uh, for your question. We yeah. really appreciate that. And that's uh, our first one. Yeah, that's right, kick ass. Right. All right, let's Love that it. website, by the way. I wish I understood what they were writing. <laughs> I know, dude. And Google <laughs> Translate doesn't does not do it well. No, it's like it tries, but it, it, it every once in a while I can get one of his tweets right. But, he was cool enough to put up my uh, uh, best of the year so far thing. Oh yeah, you know, and like you put that into Google Translate, it doesn't make any sense either. Oh, so did he? Did he, did he <laughs> oh yeah, he translated it to French, right? No, no, it's in English. No, <laughs> <laughs> it still doesn't make any sense. Oh, I th- it no like, wonder Metal Sucks was like, yeah, we're not going to put this. It in. looked like it was in French to me. I don't know. All right. Let's do another. This is somewhat having to do with the current state of things and the last couple weeks, but what is it with bands that have been around for 10, 20 years who are seemingly not doing anything, all of a sudden having a resurgence in popularity or pretending they have a resurgence in popularity? Mm. Like, can't we just get new bands in the scene? Can things move on? (laughs) <laughs> right dude it's an awesome question uh, i know the best part of that is pretending i know actually that's that's what i i clued in on too oh yeah. by the way the didn't leave his name but uh he goes by dickbag according to our uh okay. <laughs> according to our message system thank so. you for the question but yeah if you in the future leave your name and then your question as well so that way we can figure out who yeah, you are. Either plug the band that you're in or plug the website you yeah, do whatever. stuff for or whatever. It doesn't matter. But no, very good question because it's been it's something that's kind of come up and you see it a lot happening a lot. I mean, we were talking about Divine Heresy. Yeah. You know, and the idea that where the fuck has Divine Heresy been for the last like five years, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and do, is it anybody asking? Yes. Yeah, does anybody care? Yeah. But then you listen to... Oh, who was it? We were talking to somebody about it. Maybe it was Doc talking about the where w- the cycle, and suddenly the cycle is bringing things back. And it was the oh, it was the idea of Shadows Fall and all the bands that were that were losing mm-hmm. and breaking up right now because the new wave of, of American metal. Yeah, we're not is even going talking away. about Chimera this week. Oh yeah. my god! Holy shit! Yeah, are we not talking about Chimera? We're not talking about Chimera, <sighs> man. Damn it. But those bands, like the new wave of, of American metal that's that's sort of just going by the wayside right now, I guarantee you in 10 years, all those bands are going to be back, and they're all going to be doing tours, and they're all going to be selling records again. It's all going to come back yeah. around, because that's what happens. They should be on hiatus, not breaking up. Yeah. Exactly. That's why we're getting corn back. We're getting the new metal back, because it's the cycle that we're going through. So you got to be careful what you ask for. Per, first off, because you're going to get a bunch of new bands, 
But if if corn's popular again, we're gonna get a new ba- the new metal revival is gonna be back. You but know, this, this is the thing is I keep on hearing because I I'm all excited about metal, right? No, I agree and, with that. And, and, yeah. and so like I keep on hearing these great albums. And at the beginning of this year, I was like, I don't think 2014 can have as much great music as 2013. But God damn it, an Nothrock and Insomnium and well, Woven War. I've got some amazing albums this year. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting. And so I think. I think that all these other bands are hearing that stuff and are going, oh, I don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss this. When the cool bus is driving by, you try to figure out a way to show some leg to you know, slow them down so that way you can get on board. And I think that's what bands are doing. Yeah, but I mean, do you, do, there's still... The, uh, but to his question, though, it, it, the idea that there's no new music or that we're just all these bands that are sort of making comebacks... but. Uh, yeah totally this is the problem with all that is that is that there's only so much right there's only so much breathing space there's only so much room so so like when you're a when you're an established band i know the name it makes it so much easier to To get get me to take a chance to to go buy tickets to the shows to like you can actually make a little bit of money it's it's the idea that um you know woven war uh being a new band technically but still having some kind of legs because they used to be this band. Right. You know, you can say that in the press release that formerly of blah, 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 because it makes a difference. Yes. So if you want to bring back mushroom head, <laughs> right, because that needs to happen. You know, if you want to have mushroom head playing mayhem festival, then that's going to, it's going to work because it's this nostalgia thing. It's, it's also, I don't know. It's weird. It's like that ten-year gap that you have that the, everybody suddenly comes back to what they were doing. But I think that doing then. I think we all need to make a conscientious effort to really get new bands' attention. I see that happening with like Black Chronic Initiate getting some good tours and stuff like that. But I think that you know. Oh wait, what do you what do, what do you mean? Get their attention? Get, to, to get get people get these bands out there so oh, that people you mean get know. People to- to, yeah. to point them at them, you, mean. you know, to talk about them, well, to, yeah. to get I mean, excited about them, you of know, course. you know, but, but that's the hard thing is to, uh, you know, that one of the other, one of the other things we talked about, like last week, uh, with, uh, with Dave Rath from right. uh, Roadrunner, you know, it's how do you get your band noticed? It's like, yeah. well, first off, be fucking good. Yeah. You know, step one is, do you is think, be fucking good. Is it really that hard to find good new bands? Yes, it's that hard to find good new bands. I mean, it's. I mean, there are bands out there. There are thousands of fucking hundreds of thousands of bands out there, and ninety nine percent of them suck balls. Yeah, and I, 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 not and not for not working, not for not trying, not for not making good efforts, but they're they're fledgling. They're starting. They're yeah. they're working it out. You know, yeah. and and that's the thing is that it, it, it takes a long time. You know, and uh, I mean, we've been in bands before. We know what that's like. It's like, and what happened to me? Well, I quit making music because we suck. <laughs> you know, and that's ultimately what what a lot of those bands are going to do. And then there's going to be the cream of the crop that rises to the top. Oh, did I just say that? <laughs> but there's going to be the they're going to rise up, and they're going to be the ones that that journey over the top, or they have something that is going to that's going to spark people, like the Black Crown Initiate, like yeah. what we were talking. As soon as I saw them, I'm like, there's something fucking different about this band. And it's not just how badass that dude's beard is. These guys are really good players. They're good musicians, and they're actually pretty good songwriters for start like just starting out kind of thing with that group. And that makes a difference. It really does. But they're not inexperienced. They've yeah. been around. You know what I mean? And you see a lot of bands that have been around, but then they just haven't found the right vehicle for what they're doing yet. And yeah. we're seeing more and more 
new bands, but it's um, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard it's to break really through. Really hard, especially with all the noise. There's so much noise, and not one good way to get your shit out there. We'll talk about this more next week, right? Because we've got another call that's kind of on that. Topic. Pretty much on the same topic. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Or cool. in in a way. In a so, way. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Kick ass. I like this thing. Ah. <laughs> 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 I do. I like, I like the idea. Hey, can we plug what we got ne- going on next week? Because it's so big. What do we got going? Oh no, we, no. no. I don't want to plug anything that we got going on until until we're in, we actually have it. <laughs> can we like announce what it's going to be like after we do it, like on Twitter, so that yeah, people can yeah, follow yeah. us totally, at Bearded totally. Ape and at Godless Speaks? Yes, that's totally fine. And then and we'll make the announcement after next week. Done. Though we will have story time with Stavros next week. Yes, for sure. We, we want to bring that to you next week. It's such a good one. Stavros is is such a badass dude, and so he's going to be on our on the podcast next week. There's a new band that's getting you know Alice Moth, man. I mean, I know they're not new, new, yeah. but I mean they're on what like album three, and it's it's freaking awesome but it's uh, and it's cutting through i don't know is it cutting through i mean how's it how's how does that work what what's the de- but we don't even know what the definition of success is anymore that's the hard that's, part that's true too you've got no idea what you can't say that okay here's this platinum record on the wall because nobody's fucking selling platinum records anymore you know i mean that that's the thing is that there's no true measure of success anymore and that's that's what's really difficult is that we don't know what what it means does it mean that you can eat i think that does it mean that you can tour does it mean that you you know what does it mean i think i think really it comes down to has has your album made it to my top 10 list of the year <laughs> and that should be the definition of success uh, look at you man that's a yeah i'm that gives a long way and you want to catch that Boulevard Brutals got it mine from a few <laughs> months ago. This is a list so far. So far. Uh, the so other far. one will be soon enough. There's oh, some good stuff coming. We're getting to the end of the year here soon Hell enough. Hell yeah. Holy crap. It's My list believe, is updated. Man. So make sure that you uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, and that way you can get to this damn podcast to come to you every week. Comments. Uh, right there. Us. Leave us comments. Five stars. Tell us that we suck. That's definitely helpful. Follow us on Twitter at Bearded Ape is where you can find me. At Godless Speaks is where you can find that. Can I dude. also say we'll everybody post your Exodus lyrics this week? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, make everybody. Sure. Yeah, even though I'm I'm conflicted, I'm, <laughs> I, I still don't know where I stand on that man. I, I felt I felt really wishy washy on that topic, but I, I don't know. Uh, post fabulous disaster, you'll feel much better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, thank you to Paul Mazurkowitz from Candle, of course, for being our guest this week. We look forward to the uh, release of A Skeletal Domain. That's coming up here in uh, just a couple of weeks, so be on the lookout for that. And until next week, I'm Chuck. I'm Godless. And this is the Metal Sucks Podcast. <laughs>